There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Bitch fam. <laughs> this is today's greeting today because we have some things to get off our chest. That's the energy of today. Welcome to another episode of Bobo and Flex. My name is Bobo, I'm your host, and I'm with the beautiful Flex, also known as Flex Mommy on the internet. Um, we're your favorite African aunties, and we want to talk about activism today. Mm-hmm. We, we want to dismantle the idea of safe spaces. I've honestly opted out, and so a lot of you might cancel me for that. Um, I've never really fully been on board. As a concept, I understand it, but I don't think the the intention is cute, but uh, the impact of safe spaces mm. and we're going to we're going to talk about mm-hmm. intent versus impact. The impact of safe spaces I think is counterproductive to the intention. So uh where do we begin first of all? <laughs> so I think first of all we might start with the definition of a safe space yeah. just because again the googles you are not doing. <laughs> so the definition of a safe space generally is a place, whether that be tangible or intangible, in real life or virtual, intended to be free of bias, judgment, conflict, mm. judgment, criticism, or potentially threatening actions, ideas, or or triggers, which we, we triggers. also have to dissect. Yes. Yeah. So essentially, a place where not one person who enters that space can feel, you know, personally offended, attacked, or triggered in any way. Mm. It's a safe space. Now, in theory, love it. Like, how good would that be to walk into a space and not feel negatively affected by anything happening in there? Realistically, though, it's never happened to me in my whole life. Not even my family home is a safe space. (laughs) Not even my own home is a safe space. So I just don't know how we have gotten to this place where all this emphasis on safe spaces has gone so far beyond what is humanly possible for us to achieve. I think we've been cuddled. We have definitely been cold. And I want to talk quickly about my Instagram stories very quickly. Yes. As you know, I've created a space where discussion is free. We're talking about rape culture. We're talking about identity. We're talking about, you know, philosophy. It's all being discussed. And as I've been as I've begun to have these conversations, I've asked you to weigh in on them. And then I share a few random responses every now and then. Mm. I've had, number one, a few critiques that, a few of the topics I've discussed have been triggering in some way. I can acknowledge that the conversations around sexual assault or cultural identity can be triggering. My point is, and what you need to understand is that most of our practice, and I'm going to speak for Bobo and I on this one just to get it out quick. This is a personal practice on a public platform, right. which means that what I want to talk about and what I feel like talking about is going to be centered as opposed to what you want to talk about. Why? Because I've curated this space and I didn't invite any of you to be here. You came willingly. It's like if I built a house, made one door and said, go in if you want to. It's just like, I made it. I don't really care what happens in it. And then you go in, cut your toe and you want me to be like, oh, okay, here's, I'm taking responsibility. I'm going to wrap it up. You know what? I'm going to remove all need for walking now. 
We're all gonna fly in this space because you hurt yourself. The frustration. It's not realistic. With you asking people to cater their spaces for you is that as somebody who has an online following, I don't know 95% of my audience. So I don't know what your triggers are. I don't know what you find, what things need to be content warning. I don't need, I don't know anything about you. So it's not my priority to make this space more comfortable for you because I didn't ask you to be here. And while I can try to make my space more inclusive by using more inclusive language, uh, encouraging more experiences, more narratives to be shared, it is not my priority to make sure that you and your needs reign supreme in my space. And if your feelings are hurt, I actually do not care. Because the frustration (laughs) is, you're asking me to hold emotional space for 30,000 people who happen to be on my page. Who are all different. All have different backgrounds. Different needs, different backgrounds, different experiences. How is that possible? How can you hold me to that standard and say, no flex, you can't talk about dogs. Because I was bitten by a dog when I was five. It's very triggering. (laughs) I have to... I have to keep saying this is a personal experience on a public platform. I will try my hardest to disclaim. I'll try my hardest to make it more inclusive. But if you feel uncomfortable, you have to leave. You have to go. I also don't, and maybe we need to destigmatize uncomfortableness because I don't actually. So I remember I used to, during my undergrad, there was. A lot of people aren't going to like this opinion, but basically, so there was a point in time during my undergrad days when the black community was petitioning for a a safe space for black students outside of like the black community center or like the black student organization. And so me coming in as a foreigner, like as a non-American, was really confused by the idea of like why... (laughs) why would black people need a safe space? Like safe from what? Like what is, I was really just genuinely confused by the concept. And so someone explained to me that like a safe, a space that is just for black people, by black people, for black people to feel comfortable and free of judgment and free of bias and this and this and that. And while I see the intent and I think the intent is noble and cute and like makes a lot of sense, I also think it's counterproductive to the well-being and progression of black people only because... I think to demand that like all spaces be catered towards every single individual is unrealistic. And I also think the idea of like needing to be comfortable all the time is unrealistic and regressive. I think like the real world is that you're surrounded by people who don't look like you, who don't have your lived experiences, who don't understand you, who don't understand your triggers and who quite frankly actually don't care. So the Mm -hmm. expectation to have spaces that cater to every single one of those needs that are outside of your home doesn't necessarily like make sense to me and seems counterproductive to the intention of progressing us as a people. So what I suggested instead was like maybe we should have a multicultural space where like Mm -hmm. people actually learn to engage with people who are not like them because that's how the real world is and that's I feel like that just makes for a healthier more well-rounded human being and so of course everyone disagreed with me and I can Mm -hmm. fully understand why but I think this also reflects back to like I think like as millennials 
we've been coddled a lot and we have a lot of like entitlement and like expectations of other people that is quite frankly like not their responsibility like so i might so i have you know triggers as far as like being a black person who grew up in predominantly white europe maybe i have like triggers around race i'm not expecting any white person at all to be considerate of my blackness or lived experience because I actually don't expect anyone to understand me. And I think mm. the expectation for people to understand you will cripple you and hold you back because it's unrealistic. I think it's better to go into the world, to go into the world expecting, hoping that people are kind and compassionate and empathetic, but expecting that they're not because the reality is no one has walked in your shoes and most people actually don't care like about your lived experience and the expectation that everyone should is just it's not realistic and it only hinders you i think be like grateful for people who do understand you or do understand some facet of you and are like trying to be inclusive but be grateful for those people without shaming people who don't have the range to do that and don't mm-hmm. like place that expectation in places that aren't curated by you. So basically mm-hmm. all I'm saying is that if you would like a safe space for you, yeah. then mm-hmm. y- the responsibility is on you to create that for yourself and for people there like you. Is. But the the responsibility is not on anyone else to cater for you. And I just think like as a generation, we need to really rethink that and also rethink like why are we so obsessed with being comfortable? What has mm-hmm. being comfortable ever, like, what has that ever done for anyone? It's so funny that you talk about um, the fact that if you want a safe space, it needs to be up to you to curate that space for yourself. Literally. And invite people into it, as opposed to changing all these spaces to suit you. The meme Literally. that I shared that started this conversation was that hard to, hard to swallow pills meme. Mm. And the hard to swallow pill was that it's not everybody else's job to manage your triggers go to therapy and learn how to deal with them yourself. (laughs) And it's so ironic that that is the thing that triggered people to say, hey, this triggered me. I get it. (laughs) Sure. I think what's also frustrating to me is that it's two-pronged. Number one, my frustration with the echo chamber. I feel like our echo chambers have been more divisive and more dangerous and more violent than ever because we've been allowed these spaces to curate and really develop really ignorant views around the world. uh, Exactly. Really ignorant views about the world. And then they were all supported by each other to, to maintain those views. That's number one. I think that it can be when you're cocooning people and you're nurturing them and socializing them in a certain way, it becomes really hard to see an alternate worldview outside of that right. um, experience. You know, this is how we get the far left and the far right. Wake up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, don't think that because you and everybody around you shares similar views, that those views are right or just or well thought out or nuanced because they're usually not. Ooh. My second point is that my frustration with everybody DMing me talking about make this space more safe for me, you got a trigger warning that, content warning that, is the frustration that you can have, you expect me to have nuance for 30,000 different people that I don't know, that I should have enough nuance to understand your lived experience, have enough compassion to know that this might be triggering, yet you can't apply the same nuance to me and understand how one person can't fully understand <laughs> all the triggers of her audience. Wake the fuck up. It's so annoying. It is so frustrating because you are so loud and so so quiet <laughs> so loud like, so loud in 
the lack of development that you're doing so loud in your request for me to change for your benefit, but so quiet in applying the same nuance to me and understanding how quickly that number one may not be possible and number two may not be my priority. But also, why the entitlement? I want you to feel comfortable here. Literally, why would that ever be our intention? And that's the same with this podcast. This podcast is not intended Mm -hmm. to make anyone comfortable because I am. And maybe, like, I just. Maybe it's our upbringing, like we didn't, maybe we just didn't grow up in like comfortable spaces or with people like coddling us. So we just don't have that expectation of the world. But also I see the benefit of that because it fosters critical thinking and nuanced perspectives that I don't, yeah, like safe spaces create echo chambers. I don't know if someone can give me three benefits of a safe space which we've defined as a a space that is free of judgment, um, bias, triggers, triggers, conflict. Like, what is the benefit of that? Like, if if Democrats say... Not just the benefit, what is the universal benefit? Not the insular personal benefit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Universal. Because what do we all get from one person (laughs) being more safe than the other? And also, is it... It's really frustrating. Does that actually exist? Is the idea of a safe space just an illusion? Because how... How is that actually possible? How is it possible that any state, any space is safe for everyone when there are 8 billion people on this planet and all 8 billion people have different experiences and triggers? So who is the safety actually for? Mm. And realistically, like, if my own mind, I'm not even safe for my own mind and my own thoughts. I myself into negative spirals. But I do think, and, like, obviously there are other ways we can encourage safe spaces. Like, I know that safe spaces exist, so, like, individuals who feel marginalised can, can come together and communicate those experiences without feeling as though they've got to, you know, dilute them or, or change them, you know. So, like, black people in black spaces talking about black things and being raised black totally get that right like the queer community talking about queer experiences and queer spaces i get that that's valid and it makes sense but what i'm saying is that as an individual if i curated the space for me why is it my responsibility to make sure that this space is amazing for all of you and i've thought about this a lot because i had this discussion just earlier uh earlier this week about intent versus impact And so I was thinking about my intent and my impact. Mm. Now, my intention, number one, is not to make people feel comfortable. It's not to make you sit within your ignorance. It's not to make you feel smarter for having engaged with me. It's not to make you feel like you're a more valued member of community because you've got um, access to somebody who has affluence or resource or whatever. It's not, this is not, no, none of this is my intention. Right. My intention is purely to catalog my experience and to gain a wider you know, to gain a sort of a wider understanding of the world around me so I'm not stuck in an echo chamber that doesn't grow. Right. That's all I'm trying to do. Understand myself by understanding people around me. Now, the impact of that is that you all think that I'm an authority, that I'm an educator, and though I might be, that's not my intent, and I understand that's my impact. But if it's my impact to be an authority or to be perceived as an authority, as an educator, then allow me to be an authority and to educate you on the fact that not my business. (laughs) We've come full circle. I've acknowledged my intent. I've acknowledged my impact. I've come full circle to say that if you're going to view me as an authority, hear me when I say that making my space more comfortable for you in spite of me is not my preference. Because again, I understand the the, um, the, uh, necessity for inclusive language, inclusive experience, disclaimers. And I do do that quite a bit. But if you can't see through the nuance of a meme that talks about why I shouldn't have to manage your triggers, then we're not in this together. 
Q High School Musical. <laughs> We're wow. just not in it together. And I just like, I'm not your person. You're not my person. And I just got to keep it pushing. I got to keep it tight, keep it pushing because there are far more important things to worry about than one person not seeing past their lived experience to understand the nuance of mine. Wow. And the church said. The church said amen. How do you feel about this idea? So I've been told that it's my moral responsibility and I don't really believe in morality. But that's another story exactly. for another day. But I was told that it's my moral responsibility to an ex-friend sat me down and said that because I've presented myself as an authoritarian figure of, and a beacon of knowledge, it's my responsibility to provide resources and credit where each and every one each and every one of my ideologies, belief systems and ideas come from. So I'm a bitch who reads 8 million books a day. I'm constantly learning, listening to podcasts, listening to other people, having conversations, asking the questions. So I can't possibly spend all my time cataloging and tracing back where all of my thoughts, ideas, etc. come from. Because ultimately, they come from me not limiting myself to safe spaces and echo chambers. So now is it my moral responsibility to every time I make a statement, I voice an unpopular opinion to be like, here are all the resources that substantiate my thoughts. And like, why is that? Why? Where does that responsibility or that entitlement come from? I find that really, do you feel that you have a responsibility because you're perceived as one way to then like behave through the lens of that perception? Yes and no. I think that there have been far too many instances where my lack of uh, like clarity or uh, about a certain phrase or statement has been misunderstood. Mm. And in those situations, I could have benefited from providing more resources or from saying that this is not a thought that I came up with exactly, and I did not invent the word safe space, you can find more information about it here. Yeah. Yes, there have been situations where that is necessary. But again, it is of my understanding that I'm operating with adults. <laughs> adults should be able to critically think. Adults should be able to, to understand that not every thought is unique. And also, I would encourage you to keep the same energy. Where are your resources? <laughs> Where are your parents' resources? I want to know. Screaming. Because all of a sudden, why are you looking to common people as your authority on complex topics that require an, a, like, a number of human experiences to get to the point that they are in? Right. It's really interesting. I do believe that there is a duty of care if we're going to be perceived as authoritarians to either dismantle that mm. as quickly as possible <laughs> or... To keep reminding people that, again, this thought didn't happen overnight. It's a combination of 16,000 unoriginal thoughts. I don't know where it starts and stops. If you want to do some more reading, use Google. Right. Right. Again, it's this, it's this shifting blame and shifting of responsibility. That because I didn't understand, it is there, therefore your turn to educate me um, and re-educate me. Who are you to me? Like, Why is that my responsibility? And again, keep that same energy. Are you asking your boss for resources when they tell you how they want you to um to, to do your job properly? I'm Are you screaming. Asking, Where did you learn that? Huh? What leadership school did you go to? No, you're not. <laughs> Again, the inconsistencies jump out and you sound dumb. It is not realistic. To, and it's it's what blows my mind is people will say all day, 
influencers or people with an audience with audiences are dumb they got there by fluke they're not talented i didn't even get it but these are the same people you using as authoritarians and educators (laughs) who's the dummy i'm screaming wow it doesn't add up the tea is so delicious and i'm saying the time you the time you take to quickly try and check me like you're doing something new is the time i'm too taking to be like hey bitch here are the flaws in your argument because you know i'm all about discourse but don't blame me for your lack of understanding of a concept that could have been googled the time you take to say hey flex you know why didn't you mention in that video about the sex educator and clits that not all vaginas are the same because you're not nine <laughs> because you are over the age of 18 and you should know that oh my god at your big age you must still it's be just, told that what? not Listen all to yourselves is that really what i need to be doing like from the bottom up talking about Everybody experiences sex differently. Everybody has different needs in a relationship. Like, huh? Come on now. Is that really it? And again, my frustration with being the conduit to your additional reading is that we all know that the Googles are skewed. Information is skewed. I know that I like using psychology today as a resource because it mirrors with the way I like to consume information. That might not be your truth. So for me to not only be the conduit to your first introduction to a theory and then to be the conduit to the additional information, I'm not trying to build, you know, an army of people who just mirror my thoughts. Yeah. I want you to go out and be like, you know what? I did my own research and that doesn't sound right. You know, somebody said to me the other day. Yeah, we're all here for discourse. That's it. So I was talking about the term virtue signaling and it's essentially this term that's been co-opted by a thousand different movements. But essentially how I understand it is when people jump on social media to display or to talk about how yeah to display forms of like opinion that'll be perceived well yeah so like you know being a white man and saying that you support the me too movement it while it may be real and true that is you signaling to your greater audience that you have virtue that you are a good person right or if you're doing the ice bucket challenge that you care about als or if you share an article about domestic abuse, abuse that you too um, have enough nuance to understand that domestic abuse is bad. Usually people do these acts as a, as a way to seek validation from their community. I too am a good person. I don't do bad things. Right. right? It, I didn't know that that term uh, originated in the church or it essentially it was, it was a term that people used to, um, uh, to call priests and stuff out their name when they would talk really morale in terms of like God and God fearing exercises, but didn't hold that same energy outside of the church. Mm. And then recently also it's been used by the far right to again, encapsulate the left's activism, how the left would much prefer. Oh, I didn't even know that. Than to do something of value. Again, it's all stemming from the same place, but it was up to me to acknowledge that if I'm going to use that word, it has multiple meanings. But again, do your fucking research. Yeah. Like somebody, somebody said to me, do you know this has been co-opted by the far right? I said, I did it. But no, I do. I stand by it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of these things where, again, you need to look at Bobo and I like your peers. We yeah, might we're have just your homies. experience. We might be objectively smarter in some areas. We might be dumber in some areas. But if you're looking to us, these 25-year-olds straight out the womb, placenta attached as your benchmark for morality, your benchmark for success, your benchmark for intelligence, then you are setting the bar low. It's just, we've only been alive for two and a half decades. It, it's oh, only been 
You know what I mean? But I will say, like, my internet family, you know, as a whole, are pretty, like, pretty respective. Whenever you guys come for me in the DMs, you guys don't generally, like, attack me or anything. And you come to me quite respectively to be like, okay, you said... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Said this thing, and I actually don't agree with how you said this thing because it might be problematic, you know. And I appreciate that yeah. type of discourse. Um, the men, on the other hand, lol, I think mm. there tend to be like men who, because I talk about women a lot and how we're superior beings, because that's my yeah. truth. That's and this yeah. is bitch, this is another thing. Like I say this a lot. Do not take anything that I say as objective truth because I don't believe in truth as a whole. There is no such thing mm. as objective truth. Anything that I state, do not be attached to it. Don't take it on as your own belief system. Don't take it on as your own ideology because my beliefs are rooted in my lived experiences. They're rooted in the things that I read, the conversations that I have with other people, the things that I experience. And my experience of life is that women are the superior species. Like we're just better than niggas, <laughs> than men. So really quickly though, on that point, I was yeah. reading um, this article about um, how people have been struggling to make cars for women because they've gotten men to do it for years. Mm. And so I think it was Volvo or someone brought together a team of women to make a car that would suit women's needs. So it'd be accessible, blah, blah, blah. And somebody said, why do you think, like, if you make this car marketed for women, why do you think that men would want to buy it? And this, this engineer said, if you make something that is up to standard, for a woman, it'll exceed the expectations of a man. Ooh, I said, amen. Amen to and that. It's, so true. it's just, a, there it is. There it is. Yeah. The the facts speak for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And so I tell people all the time, do not take on my beliefs. Do not wear them. Do not become attached to them. Don't become attached to anyone's beliefs. Like, don't believe anything that anyone says. Just listen to what people say. And then benchmark it across your own against your own lived experience and that's the most you can do like that is the most you can do as far as navigating truth and finding your own finding your own truth like what is you know what is your truth so you know there's that i think maybe we need to like as a generation rethink our activism And it's interesting, though, because when I point out these specific examples, it is a very few portion of my audience, right? Let's Mm. say it's 2%. But my worry is that it's 2% who feel comfortable saying it and then 50% who think it and aren't saying shit. Right. So let me clarify it for you. You know, let me be the shameless person, as I've done from day dot, and tell you what I intend to do, understand the impact of what I've been doing, and so we're all on the same page. Mm. You know, I'm not coming for all of you. If you feel personally attacked and this message is for you, and if you know that me and you are good on good terms, we kiki and us back and forth. Like I've got this one, um, this one person on my Instagram 
and she's a vegan. And every time she sees me eat meat, she's like, and there it is, the calm is coming. And I said, yes, sis, come for me. <laughs> Check me. One time I ate a chicken and bit my tongue and was bleeding for hours. She said, it's the calm. I said, I'll receive Wow. Because that's the energy I want. <laughs> don't mirror my thoughts in terms in thinking that we're going to build a relationship for some sort. Yeah. It's not how it works. I don't care. So also really on that term about creating spaces and protecting people and all that good stuff. We need, when I go back to the point of like, this is a space I curated for me, mm. for things I find interesting, for things I want to talk about, for things that I want to amplify. Please don't feel as though if I don't want to amplify your lived experience, it's because I don't care. That's not the case. If I feel like I can't weigh in constructively, right. then I feel like I have no value and I don't want to feel worthless. It is that simple. <laughs> so... If I'm not talking about your lived experience, it's not about you. It's about me. Right. Number two, unpack why I want to center your lived experience over my own. Yeah. In what world does that make more sense (laughs) for me to talk about you and your lived experience publicly on my profile as opposed to mine? Mm. Number three, I've had a lot of people. So my, my, if you have to sort of identify what it is I do on the internet, I'm just trying to understand myself through understanding the world. I'm a woman, therefore, centering general experiences that women face, not vagina-having people, women generally. Even if you're non-binary, you can come hang, like, trans, anyone. Like, I'm here for us. Right. So, please don't feel like the solution to any problem that I put on the timeline is to talk about men. If I'm talking about women's sexuality, we're not talking about how men intersect as a priority. If I'm talking about... The troubles I face in career, let's not talk about how the patriarchy is intersected with that. Let's, uh, it's not, I can't help that. I can't fix that. Let's talk about what I can constructively do as a woman to fix my woman situation. Bitch. If I'm talking about <clears throat> troubles traveling, don't talk to me about how men wouldn't experience that. We're talking about women. Right. Right. Look, like, think about how often you do this because people will do this as, like, as a general standard. I'm talking about myself. Let's talk about men. I'm talking about myself. Let's talk about men. Even when I talk about dating, I'm always talking about my experience mm. in it. Yes, men intersect, but it's my experience. Number three, I've had, there are about like 15% of men on my Instagram. Maybe a few of them are gay. Maybe a few of them are trans men. Maybe a few of them are cishet men, whatever it is. But there have been a few instances recently because people have been sending this podcast to men. I've had requests of men who have been like, yeah, straight men, be like, yeah, I love what you're doing. It's so interesting. I've never even heard women speak about topics of this. I love it. And a few men asking me to talk more about men. Imagine. Imagine. What do you mean? When have we gone to male-dominated spaces and said, let's talk about women and have had that request been heeded? (laughs) I want to know. We have time. Oh, wait. Because my frustration is, it's not that I don't want to talk about men, like, fundamentally. It's that I want to prioritize conversations about women. Right. Do you see how they are not the same? (laughs) I don't have to talk about men to talk about women and vice versa. My other frustration is, if you look at the media landscape, men's voices have always been the neutral. They have always been amplified. They have always been priority. Especially in podcasting. They've always been seen as right. Especially in podcasting, if you're going to do TV, radio, it is the man's voice that is amplified. So, no, I don't feel like I need to weigh in on that 
for my situation here to be more valid or to be more general. I don't care if men feel left out by conversations that I'm having because I swear to you, the 85% of the media landscape is made for you. Okay. You can go anywhere, Literally. turn on any TV, turn on any radio station, and somebody has made content just for you. Now imagine coming to me and Flex and being like, center my experience, I'm a man. What do you mean? I, make it make even sense. You, like, even on the most basic level, when you look at town planning, the way cities and public transport structures have been built is to benefit men. Wow. The fucking handrails are higher. Nobody talks about the idea that, you know, this. There was, I was looking at this um, theory called trip chaining and that generally public transport doesn't consider that a woman needs to spend, it's more than A to B for a woman. It's A to B, to B to C, to C to D, to D to F, then back to E. Mm-hmm. Because generally we do more in a day. That is statistically proven that a woman is going to have to consider more things. Oh, I need to go grocery shop. I need to go this. I need to go take here. I can't cycle to work because I'm forced to wear heels. Therefore, but there are so many considerations that not even the public transport system is centered for a woman's experience. So please, 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 please don't come to me and tell me that I need to do more and center your experience. Because what I will tell you is that the same way I built a community to center mine is the same way you can build a community to center yours. This didn't happen by accident. Need I remind you, I am a DJ and a TV presenter. This podcast was not a natural progression for right. me. It wasn't something that I was meant to do, something that was going to happen anyway. I cho- we chose to do it. We chose to be shameless and to be uncomfortable. Two black women talking about taboo topics. Like, What? So please, like, I don't have any sympathy for people who want me to center their experiences without having done it themselves. It is not my priority. And please, please, please do not dare me talking about, are you talking about me? Like, I didn't really mean (laughs) It's not personal. It's not shady. If this was specific, I would have said your name. I have no shame. It's not, it's really not personal. This is how it gets digested when you tell somebody to disregard their lived experience to center your own. That's when we get back to intent and impact. Your intention is probably just to hear more about narratives that you can relate to. Right. Your intention is to make sure that, you know, the conversation might be more objective and less subjective. But the impact of that is you essentially saying that, hey, totally appreciate what you're doing, but I would prefer if you would consider my needs over yours as a listener. For free, by the way. Because because we we do all of this for free. Boba and I sit here for about four to five hours and talk to make content for you. Then Bobo goes away and edits each episode four hours. Manages the Instagram account, four hours. Collates listener questions, four hours. Has individual conversations with all of you, four hours. Check your ego and check your privilege. You're not special. Like, I'm wow. not special. Bobo's not special. Nobody owes you anything. I don't have to make you more comfortable. I don't have to talk about certain topics. And I'm not even mad. That's the frustration here. Like, I'm yelling so you will listen because that's how it works inside, <laughs> right? I gotta yell so you'll listen. If I said this in a chill voice, as chill as I feel, you wouldn't hear me. So hear me clearly. You're not special. <laughs> like, we're not Feelings special. were hurt. Okay. I can already hear people's feelings hurt right now. Oh! And if it hurts, then the message is for you, babes, baby, please <laughs> acknowledge. So I, I and look, I'm a I'm a sucker for feedback. I'm so thirsty for it. I bust it wide open for feedback. I want it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Same. But the frustration is the feedback. If it comes with more requests, 
then bring some income with it. Bring some revenue. I love it. Somebody asked the other day, and this is not even a bad question, but somebody said, can you please annotate your um, <laughs> your podcast? Can you please create a written version of it so it's easier for me to collate notes afterwards? Do you know how many I hours said, it takes to create this podcast already? And we have jobs. Already. Like both of us have jobs. Not just one job each. Yeah. Multiple jobs each. So... When I got that request, I was like, it's so lovely that people want to essentially take our words and use them as a reference point for bettering their lives. But fundamentally, the impact of that request is not acknowledging the work we have done thus far. It's not acknowledging the work we have to continue to do to sustain this podcast. It's not taking into consideration that this takes time and money that we don't have. So please come to us. If you have problems that you'd like us to address, please come with solutions, solutions that you are happy to invest in. Mm-hmm. So yes, if you would like an annotated, absolutely bring the money and we will pay for someone to do that for you. If you would like us to answer your individual question, I get a lot of messages. Flex, you haven't responded. Flex, I would like, I need your advice. Flex, I really, whatever. At the very bare minimum, I had to ask most people to just say please and thank you. now that we're at the bare minimum i'm asking for more my time is not free imagine emotional space for you to have to be objective then to have to be subjective to consider your feelings to have context to ask questions to have nuance all for free all for a stranger on the internet i care but i do not care that much my philanthropy does not extend to being in spite of me if you had said hey flex you know what I understand that, you know, you're really busy. I understand that you don't know me, you don't have time, but here's a $5 donation. Do you have a few minutes to just help me out with something? If you think that me asking that of you is too much, we're not on the same page and it's fine. We don't need to have this conversation. But if you really, really think that in your heart of hearts, that me taking time out to amplify your experience over mine, to help you over me from stranger to stranger has no, like, what is the the mutual exchange there? <laughs> like... Also taking into account my own therapy. I have this conversation in I was literally about to say that. I was literally this yes, this fucking benchmark between trying to help people and also setting boundaries because you hoes don't care about me. No, you offer you, you offer a hand, they take the whole arm. The, the whole arm the whole they they've taken the whole body. Hmm. <laughs> it's just because also body. like you take into account all your years of learning, of reading, of conversations, of therapy, all the things you had to do to get to the point where you are the beacon of knowledge that you are. And then to just have to like give it all away to 30,000 people on a daily basis. And it's one of those things where I will literally share an article, a headline, a few subheadings and say, this is a really interesting read on how you know, white feminism intersects with the patriarchy and helps amplify it. Here is a link. What did the article say? Any key takeouts? What do you think? Fab. What, like, you couldn't even read? Like, you couldn't? And I think the... <laughs> like, no, no, I don't think. I know. I'm frustrated not because an, an individual person's asking me. That's not even the problem if it was one person. Two people maybe even 10 people, but it is hundreds of people. These Instagram stories last for 24 hours. So yes, it, when I'm when I'm ready to resource it, that's like two hours of my life. I'm going back and forth and having chats, but it's 
22 extra hours of someone saying, but what did it say? But can you help me? But like, can you share the link? But who's that author? But did, what are, can I have some additional resources? Can I do this? I'm not your teacher. I'm not your mom. I'm not on your payroll. I'm not your therapist. Like, I'm not, like, my purpose here is not to spoon feed you information. Right. My purpose is to start discourse. So let's chat. Let's and that's what chat. the story's for. Like, that's why we use the questions, the questions thing, the polls. It's all so that we can engage. Absolutely. We can engage and have chats. Yeah. So that the, the, the moral of this story or the solution is to not to not ask us questions. That's not all we're saying. Because I know some of you are going to be like, well, what do you want us to do? I'm saying for you to use the same nuance to understand that if you have the question maybe 200 other people have the question and if you could take some of the burden off me to have to politely be like please use the link please use google just take the burden off and consider that maybe if you were taking some time to do just a little bit of research maybe read a few minutes of that article that you would have more information that you probably wouldn't have to ask me basic questions right and again there's a difference between asking me a basic question and having a conversation. I love the conversations. Oh, I read the article and I thought this. Or like, no. Yeah, you the conversations are great. Impact. I've got yeah. an extended thought. I love that shit. More of that. But if I, st- if I spent two hours of my life creating a 10-story um, fucking sermon on intent versus impact with hypothetical scenarios, with real-life scenarios, with resources, with so... And then you come back and say... But wait, what do you mean by morality? Uh, morality isn't binary. Look up the word morality. Look, <laughs> look up, up the, the word, word binary. binary. And there you have it. There you have it. There you have it. It's very simple. I don't know where we didn't learn that in school. We are all of the computer internet generation. We know how to do the Googles. We don't though. That's the T. My feelings are hurt, as you can tell. I know it's so funny. When I was 24, I said to people, you know what? I think I have a very underdeveloped sense of empathy because people's shit doesn't affect me like that. And then I read this article that says that your fucking, the lobe thing that develops empathy. Your frontal lobe. 25. <laughs> yeah, I turned 25 and now I feel all of it. You <laughs> hoes hurt me. You hurt me all the time because I, I make sure that I'm clear, that I'm inclusive, that I'm not trying to, um, to minimize experiences, that I'm trying to make sure that I'm, elevating your lived experience like i do all these things and yet somebody has the nerve to be like well why didn't you send us more resources well why didn't you annotate well why don't you get on more people who do this why don't you talk about queer experiences why don't you talk about men's experience why don't you do this and it's like oh okay sorry forgive me for being less than forgive me for not adding extra value into your life stranger let me work on myself don't worry about working on you, though. Let me work on myself. Wow. You stay the same. It is okay. Wow. So if anyone would like to annotate our episodes, by all there means, let through. us know. Come through. You know, we'll... If you have any, any conversation topics, instead of just saying, I said, what did you like us to talk about? Someone said cultural appropriation. The frustration with that is, what is the angle? <laughs> what questions do you want discussed? From what, like, give us more. Because you, again, you replying to a story isn't doing the work. Like, don't come to me and sickly talking about, but Flex, you said you were going to talk about money and you haven't. Come on, well, give me these questions then. Right. Right. Give me, give me some angles. Give me some hooks. Give me some guests. Let's get it. I, look, this is what we do this for. We're, this is a community, babe. So, like, because my frustration is people are like, we're equals. We're the same. We're a community. Yet all the work is on us here. 
If we don't talk about it, then you don't learn about it. Is that what's happening? Don't do it. Don't do it. Wow. Tea. It's the tea. And again, please do not DM me talking about, are you talking about me? Or like, I'm so sorry on behalf of blah, blah, blah. Nah. Let's just like acknowledge it and do better. I want to see results. (laughs) I don't want to see more DMs. Oh my God. A slogan that should be on a t-shirt. I want to see results. (laughs) I don't want to see more DMs. That's it. Yeah. So on that note, you know, um, we're here to we're here as a community. Mm-hmm. This is there's there's no hierarchy here. Like I am not Oprah, and everyone else is my minions. Like we're all Oprahs <laughs> here together. So let's Absolutely. all be on our Oprah shit together collectively. Men, yes. um, men just do better. Like don't don't ask us to censor your experiences because you're a man and the entire world is already censoring your experiences. So that's not our job or our responsibility. I swear if I was a man, the bullshit I've been on, you think I'm already on my bullshit now? Wow. I'm on my restrained bullshit. If I was a man wow. on a white straight man, whew. wow. It's late. Like when you find out that like if you could even fathom knowing that the world is made for you. Like, when I think about living as a black woman and then going to find a pair of nude underwear and everything is a shade of beige. Can you imagine? And nobody thinks nobody thinks it's a big deal that I don't have my own shade of nude because you've all had yours, right? Okay, no problem. The fact that I can't choose to wear my hair in my natural texture in a corporate setting because I'll be deemed as messy. Unprofessional. Could you imagine? Ghetto. Yet all of you with your Eurocentric hair walking around with messy buns. Haven't been washed in six days, but that's okay. Screaming. That is the standard. <laughs> so please acknowledge what you're asking me to do. When like, because this, like being this turbo bitch, it didn't come easy. <laughs> you all didn't help me get to this point. It wasn't a white man that elevated my experience that gave me this agency. Dead Need ass. I remind you. It wasn't a white woman that gave me this agency. I had to do it on my own. And again... It's like, it is the, like the power that comes from connecting with another turbo black woman that gives us agency. Wow. Don't forget it. This is not easy. It's not, and it's not we're done not allowed, We're not allowed to operate in all spaces like this. And you might think we are, but that is your privilege jumping out. And I would, I would implore you to double check that. That is your privilege jumping out. The statistics don't lie. This episode, I just know, has hurt so many feelings. Good. My feelings are hurt. You know. My feelings are hurt. That's what we're here to do with this podcast. (laughs) This podcast is not a safe space. No. That is the moral of the story. It's not a safe space. Because safe spaces have not been safe for us. Tell me, if it wasn't us, who else was, was amplifying these taboo experiences of two black women who aren't american on living on separate sides of the world of the continent of course talking about the black american woman's experience but the african woman don't forget it don't forget it don't forget it wow on that note let us know to what extent are your feelings hurt i'm actually i'm actually quite (laughs) interested i'm giving you all virtual hugs because i know this one was you know it's it's all all love. love It's it's literally all love. This all came from a place of love. Um, follow us on Instagram at Bobo and Flex. Yeah. We also have a YouTube channel now where we can drag you from your hair follicles 
in the flesh like you can see us doing it you know what i mean so bobo and flex tv on youtube um give us a review on apple music on spotify it helps us make more content and it'll help us bring you a live tour so you can actually see us and feel us in the flesh yeah let us know your thoughts thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 